Hey everyone, welcome back for season three of the Age Sister podcast. This season, we're going to keep exploring the issues around midlife and older women at work. So let's get started with today's guest. Hey everyone, today I had such a great guest on the show in Susan Collins. Susan and I had such a good conversation talking about her work as the network concierge and some of the themes that she sees when she's working with women. Susan helps mid to senior level women who want what's next in their career, but want to be really strategic about their choices. We talked all about some of the things that we can do to up our networking game. And she really convinced me that networking is a great idea if you want to move forward in your career. So enjoy. So welcome, Susan. Hi, Kate. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for being here. I'm always excited to talk to a new guest, and uh, I'd love to hear from you, as I always ask, how you got to doing the work that you're doing today. Can you tell me about your journey? I would love to. So I'm a former talent acquisition leader, which means that I had a front row seat to watching careers rise and fall. When you are leading a team who, for an organization who is going out and actually hunting down the right people for the right job, you meet a lot of people and you get to hear their career stories. So as I would bring people into different organizations and see how it works internally, really understand why some people succeed and why others don't. Unfortunately, oftentimes I knew when somebody was losing their job before they did. And it it was the most amazing corporate career. But then, like many of us, I, we have this story where we say, and then the pandemic hit, right? And so the pandemic hit and... I was put on furlough because you don't need to hire in a pandemic. And my team was furloughed. That first day, I kind of really questioned everything I'd been doing. I think I did like 11 miles that day because I took like three different walks. I hadn't not had a job since I was 16. And I started thinking about what could I do? How was I going to help? Everybody was in lockdown. What was I going to do? So I just put a message out on LinkedIn that said, I know everybody's going through a lot. If you need help, let me know. Because I understand the back end of hiring, right? I wrote all the strategies for how to attract people to an organization. I did all of the employer branding. My team was just one of the most incredible group of recruiters. We talked a lot about, you know, wooing candidates and what did the candidate journey need to be, need to look like. And so I just started helping people. And that's when the floodgates opened. I started hearing all of these stories about, I should have called that recruiter back. I wish I would have done this differently. And there was a lot of regret. And it just kind of hit me like I had worked for an organization for a long time and there were a lot of people out there that needed help. So I took kind of this journey of career coaching and going to coaching school and taking other coaching classes and realized that it was time for me to leave and stop helping organizations and start helping individuals. So I went from leading an entire talent acquisition team to 
helping individuals. And so now I'm doing career coaching, which has been really exciting because there are a lot of things that people don't think about. You need that unbiased sounding board because let's face it, your boss has an agenda. Your boss's boss has an agenda. Your organization has an agenda. And sometimes you need someone to talk to that can help you make sure that your values, goals, and aspirations align with their company. So now I'm doing career coaching and a little bit of talent acquisition consulting and living my best life. It's amazing. That's a great transition story, really. Um, I know that prior to the podcast, we had a little bit of a discussion about some of the things that you've seen in your work so far with women. And one of the themes that I thought was kind of interesting is this, I and not surprising, but interesting, this idea of perfectionism, right? That we hold on to perfectionism in our job. And you talked a little bit about that maybe we should think about being good enough to buy back some time. Can you tell me about that a little bit more? It seems like I always hear these themes. And, you know, I had probably a six month period where I was hearing over and over again from my clients well, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. And, you know, they were afraid to take things off of their plate. And yet when they were talking about their personal lives, they were talking about what they weren't doing. And I said to a client, what is good enough? What on your plate can you do just good enough? And honestly, a lot of times when you're working with these women where perfection is so important, good enough is still better than somebody's really, really great. And we started to, with a couple of my clients, talk about what were the things that they were going to do good enough that week and what would that give them back? So when they started to make the list, we would find two and three hours a week that they could take back to either do something else that they wanted to do, pursue another passion or just go home on time, make the networking event that they wanted to make. And so it, it is hard, right? Especially if you're from a certain generation that was raised by parents who had no boundaries, you know, those parents who said, go to work when you're sick. It doesn't matter if you're sick enough, they'll send you home. Um, my dad always was like, you're lucky to have a job. You know, I wouldn't push it. There, there are all of these things that he believed in me and he knew that I could do, but because he was such a great employee, but he didn't always question things. And I think that especially for women, we carry so many different roles. Our parents are getting older, we're taking care of them. Our kids are getting older, but they still need us. We're rising in our careers and we want to do a great job, but we're taking on too much. And sometimes taking on too much means that we're not allowing our teams to rise with us. And so when you start to think about what can I do good enough or what can I give to someone else to do good enough? You start to free up some time for the other things that you need in your life. And you find that there are those one or two things that you need to nail every time, but good enough also can get you by and give you back something that you're missing. Mm, I love that. And you mentioned in there this idea that, you know, we've got all these work tasks that we're focused on doing really well, and we've got home and family responsibilities. One of the other th themes that you'd mentioned to me was this idea of not really pursuing our passions outside of work, and that you saw this quite often in women. Why do you think that is? 
So the word I hear over and over again is guilt. A lot of times women come to me because they want to just kind of review their career path. They want to be more intentional about their next step, whether that's internal or external. And the word guilt always comes up with my female clients. And while I have mainly female clients, I have a few men on, you know, on my roster too. And I never hear the word guilt from men. Never. Not one has ever said it to me. It is women who feel guilty about not delivering at a certain level or not being everything to everyone. And I'm taking on a new client um, who was supposed to start next week. Unfortunately, she has been laid off and she wants to, um, you know, really plot out her next path. And I said to her, if you can do it, and I know that it's difficult sometimes, you need to take some time for you during this time off because you don't know enough about your new job, whatever that may be to worry about it. You don't have an old, you don't have a current job to worry about. Take some time for you and take a vacation, a staycation, whatever the case may be. And she actually pushed us a week because she said she hadn't done that in a long time. I think she'd been trying to fulfill everybody else's needs. So as you think about, you know, your passions, your passions should not all be at work. It's great to be a fantastic leader. It's great to have a team that relies on you. It's great to get that excitement about going to work, but what is exciting you outside of work? And if there is nothing exciting you outside of work, take some time to think about what you could be doing differently. Mm-hmm. And we kind of need those things outside of work to fuel that passion again, don't we? It, it's interesting to hear how many people say, well, I missed this because of my child or I missed that. And then there's this next generation of women coming up behind us who have set really clear boundaries. And sometimes I hear my clients in my generation say, I've got this young woman that works for me. And She's not putting in the hours that I'm putting in. And I ask, is she getting the job done? And she's great. But that generation set boundaries that we haven't set. So how do we step back and and relay out our priorities and put some boundaries in place? Absolutely. Absolutely. So important. I'm going to switch gears on you just slightly uh, because I'm so interested in the idea of the network concierge and, you know, networking. Um, Are we really too busy to network? Is that what's going on? That's what I hear most often. I think it's a combination of things. I know that we have a list of things that we've got to get done. I know that we want to you know, show up at work the best that we can, show up in life the best that we can. But what we forget is that networking is a critical part of our long-term career strategy. And I think sometimes we don't network because if you're not good at it, it can feel awkward and you've got to find your place. So I do think that we're very busy, but if you don't build networking into your career strategy, when you hit those bumps in the road, it's harder to turn and ask for advice, ask for a recommendation, 
maybe, you know, ask for a vendor. There's so many things that we need that we can't always get within our department or within our organization. And if you've built a strong network, then you have someplace to go when you need additional help. And is that what you think about when you think about networking, sort of preparing us for the future? Is that the value of it? The value of your network, I think, is beyond anything anyone can imagine. And we believe that we should be able to do everything ourselves. But in reality, when you have a network and your boss comes to you and says, business is down, I don't understand why. You can go to your colleague at another organization and just find out what's happening for them. When you come up against a tough problem at work, you can go to your thought partner and say, I have got an issue and I just need some place to talk about it. When you need a job, you can go out to your network and ask for help. 86% of people find their next job through their network. And yeah, it's it's a huge statistic. So one of the things that I do when I've got clients that are looking for new jobs, the first thing we do, or one of the first things we do, is talk about their network. And if they haven't kept it up, they feel guilty. There's that hemming and hawing. And what you also need to remember about networking is, I believe, this is my belief, people innately want to help you. So. It is about consistency when it comes to networking, but it's also about putting yourself out there. If you haven't talked to someone in a long time, pick up the phone, call them and say, it's been a long time since we talked to Kate. But I wanted to reach out and just be really transparent about your needs. I, you know, have lost my job or I'm thinking about a career change or I'm really struggling with my business. And I was just curious if maybe we could just talk about how our industry was doing in general. And those little bitty things will pay you back a hundred times over because the more you work on your network, the faster you can get the answers you need. Mm. So why is it, do you think, that we're so resistant? We were talking earlier, and you said you love networking. And I think for myself, you know, I'll create a spreadsheet, clean a bathroom. I would do anything before having to attend a networking event. And I can't really put my finger on why. Do you know why, especially as women, we're so resistant? I think we overthink it. And there are so many different ways to do it. But honestly, it's just about building a relationship. And so one of the things that I did in my previous career was I partnered with um, one of my competitors. She had the same job that I had. And so we were basically competition, but we believed that if you kind of helped people take down the walls and just built this brand neutral environment where it wasn't about what company you work for. It wasn't about what position you held. It was about, hi, who are you? What do you do? How can I help you? Then it helped people start to understand how to network. We've got 19,000 followers on LinkedIn now. We've got, before the pandemic, we used to do these networking events where we would just invite anyone in the industry in for a morning of coffee and 
there was no recruiting allowed. And I think that people sometimes think that there's an ulterior motive. Like, why do you want to talk to me? What do you need? What if I can't provide what you need? And at the end of the day, it's really about building a relationship with someone, getting to know them. I always say give before you get. Try and as you talk about that, as you go through that conversation, think about how can I help this person? How can I be memorable? It's through helping someone. And sometimes it's just like, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, We're trying to figure out where we want to go out to eat. You know what? We just tried this great new restaurant. Let me, let me, let me give you the name of this restaurant. If you like Thai food, I definitely recommend you put this on your list, but it's not about showing up and, and having to turn over your whole life. It's the energy to someone to, to network. Mm-hmm. And those are such um, great pieces of advice, especially around the relationship building and, you know, having just a regular conversation with someone that isn't necessarily business driven. Do you have any other tips or strategies for us around networking that we could take away? I think you shouldn't be afraid of your competitors. Uh, I think that we think that we've got all the secrets and we do it better than anyone else. But one of the best things that you can do is build a relationship that with somebody that does the same job that you do somewhere else, because it gives you perspective. I also think that networking is not just about work. It's about where you drop your kids off for school. It's about where you pick up your groceries. It's about those familiar faces that you see all of the time and making sure that you are connecting with them because you never know what you're going to need in life or what's going to pop up. And that presence of mind to say hello, to say good morning, uh, you, you never know what it will bring you when you have a question. So as you walk through your day, think about networking at work, Think about networking at home and then keeping yourself organized. One of the best things you can do is anytime somebody reaches out to you, and this takes a little bit of extra effort, but when somebody reaches out to you, go to your phone, pick up your phone, put their name in your phone and any information you have for them. So if it's a recruiter, put their email address in and then in the notes section, just write down the last conversation you had. Maybe it's called me for babysitter name, or maybe it's called me about job in Peru, whatever it is, put a little note in there so that if you ever need to reach out to them again, then you can have a place to start. You know, in 2021, you reached out to me about a job in Peru. I wasn't interested at the time. However, my mobility has opened up and I was wondering if I could send you my resume. The phone is magic these days. You can put a tag on, you can put two tags in your phone, one like connected with me, connected with them. And like when you're searching, then you can find people easier. I love that. A little bit of extra effort, but I think that's such a, a great piece of advice to add people in. So it it sounds like there's so many wonderful things that you're doing. Where would my audience find out more about your work? So you can find me at the networkconcierge.com 
And I do a weekly newsletter that is really focused on forward career momentum, sprinkled with a little bit of reminders that you have to keep focused on life outside of work. And I would love for you to sign up for that. You can also follow the Network Concierge on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Well, I'll make sure that we include all of your information in the show notes. And Susan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was wonderful to talk to you. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Kate. Thanks for listening to the Age Sister podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review the episode on your favorite podcast app. We'll also be posting the show notes and any other important information at www.cardeahealthconsulting.com.